yesterday was a part of that. I know God will truly bless you for your sacrifices, and I'm excited for what God's going to do in Tabernacle Praise the rest of the year. Anybody excited about what God's about to do in our church, amen, in our city, our families, amen. We're so thankful, thankful for that. But 2 Kings 6 chapter, starting verse 15, it says, And when the servant of, man, of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host can pass the city both with horses and with chariots. And his servant said unto him, Elias, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I'm going to preach just a little while this morning. I don't have a long message, but I got a message for somebody here today that we are never outnumbered. We are never outnumbered. I don't care if there's five people in this building. We are never outnumbered. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We lift you up. We praise you. We ask you, Lord, to be with us people today. God, let our hearts and minds be open to receive your word. We give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. About every year or two, I used to go to the eye doctor. That word doctor, I don't really like too much. Amen. Those If we have any or anybody that has relatives, nothing against them. I don't like going to the doctor too much because most of the time it's never, man, you are in good shape. Amen. Has anybody just went to the doctor and they just say, everything's good, you're in good shape, don't come back for another 10 years. No, every, they'll find something, I promise you. Amen. And I like what uh, Brother um, Sedman said today of the report I lean to, and I want to know the report of the Lord, not the report of a doctor. Amen. But I used to go to the eye doctor and they would make me look across this room and, and uh, everybody's seen, probably seen this before. And you sit there and they want you to cover one eye and look and then cover the second eye and look. And I used to memorize that bottom one. While I was sitting there waiting for the doctor, I'd memorize that thing. That way I could do it and he'd just say, man, you're, but sometimes I'd forget but you look at that and you cover one eye, sometimes your eyes will play tricks on you on that bottom row. And that F will look like an E or that D will look like an O and you, you get kind of confused sometimes. And you try to read those letters. And I would read the bottom ones, but most of the time, you know, they, my eyes would play tricks and, and I, I, I couldn't see exactly what was going on. You know, sometimes we look at situations and our eyes will play tricks on us. You know, you talk about being out in the desert, I think, what's it called, a mirage or something like that. You'll look, you've been hot and sweaty, and you've been in the desert for a long time. You All, all of a sudden, you look over and you see a McDonald's. You know, sure, sure as well, there's not a McDonald's in the middle of the desert, but, but your eyes start playing tricks on you. If any deer hunters in here, amen, you get out there in the woods, and you'll look, me and Brother Gray went hunting one time, and we was coming out of the woods, and I said, look here, Brother Brother Gray, 
He said, what? I said, look over in that field. There's a deer just standing there, and he's not moving. And he even stopped and said, wow, it, it must be. I mean, it, you could see its horns and the whole nine yards. I said, man, we, we, you think we could get that? But it was another man's field, so we didn't try. But we kept on looking, and it got a little bit lighter. And we found out it was a bush just standing there. Amen. I don't know how many hunters probably would. I was eager to. If it wasn't for Brother Gray, I probably would have shot that bush all to pieces. Amen. Thank you. But our eyes play tricks on us because most of the time we are looking at our situation with just the eyes that we have. We don't take the eyes of the Lord. Amen. The man whom our opening scripture was simply refers to as the servant of the Old Testament prophet Elijah got up one morning. He looked outside the walls. And he, he kind of looked over to see what was going on. He was kind of looking out and see, see what was going on outside the walls. And all he could see was the Armenians positioned around the city. And they was ready to attack. They was ready. They, they had their armors. They had the chariots. They had the archers. They had all these soldiers. And they was just completely around this city. So in his eyes, fear started happening. He said, oh, my goodness, we are in trouble. We have messed up now. There is no way that we are going to be able to uh, do anything because they are right there. They are ready to go. They're going to, they're going to get us. Uh, we, we're going to have to do something. I, I can see him just running up to Elijah. Oh, no, you don't understand. You know, there's all kinds of chairs. The storm looks bad outside. It looks awful. And when I look out there, all I see is defeat. All I see is that we can't do it. All I can see is that we're too small and, and, and we're insignificant and, and we don't have the weapons. Uh, we don't have have the power, we don't have the strength. All that's all he's seen. And we see the same thing. We look out and we see our problem. There's some of you in this building that's came with problems to me this week already and said the doctor said this, and our minds start working. And we say, Oh no, you know, it, it can't be. This this storm's too great. You know, this is the best doctor in town. He never gets anything wrong. The, 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 my, I just I don't think I have the strength to do it. I don't have the strength to uh, take on this problem. And, and with our own personal eyes, our hum, human eyes, we think that problem is too big. So he came, he came and he tells Elijah this. And Elijah, he doesn't say Elijah got scared at all. Elijah's just a cool cat. He, he, he don't get scared. He, he's like, man, Lord, show this boy. You know what I mean? I can just see him saying, my goodness, you're embarrassing me here, kid. God, show this boy what's going on. And the Lord puts in this, this boy, gives him the eyes of faith. And when he looks out again, he can see all up in the mountains, chariots of fire and angels camped around all of them and, and he could see with the, uh, with the eyes of faith. Sometimes that's what we got to do and when our, when our situation looks so big and we're looking through the eyes of our flesh, we need to take on and say hey, I want to see this God in the eyes of faith. I want to see what's going on outside of these four walls. I want to see what you're doing and when you do that, you'll see that God's already started a work. Amen. We don't realize that sometimes God's already got things going on before we even realize that we got things going on. Before the doctor even gives us a bad report, God's already doing the work. Amen. Amen. You say, well, why do we have to do well, he, he does things. He allows things in our life. That way we can have a testimony. Amen. There's people in this room can stand up and testify. Well, the doctor said this. 
Brother Blackwell could stand up and say, the doctor said, you got cancer. It's ate up your body. There's no way. But Brother Blackwell can stand up and say, but God healed my body. I don't have cancer anymore. Amen. You see what I'm saying? We look into our natural eyes and we see the problem is too big and too great, but we forget who owns the cattle of a thousand hills. We forget who created this earth in six days. We need to remember if we look through the eyes of faith, God's already working. Amen. When the servant Elijah only looked with his eyes, the eyeballs in his head, and processed what he saw only with his brain, he saw the situation that only caused him to fear, but God enabled him to see with the eyes of faith. That enabled him to see the Lord's presence among them in terms of an army of fire and to witness God working to help them. We are like the servant Elijah looking outside that morning long time ago when we look at our situations. Perhaps it's fear, the fear of danger of our present situation that was the cause of Elijah's servant. Elijah's servant saw all these, this army before him and he could only think the worst. Some of us are like that. We are gloom and doom. Amen. It's all, it's all it is. It's gloom and doom. It's woe is me, it's Eorism, I call it. That's a new word in the dictionary, Eorism. You get up and say, whoa, woe is me. It's a cloudy day. I hope we have good church. Yeah, that's why I don't want anybody like an Eeyore greeting people when they come in. Amen. But we have that and we, we automatically think the worst. And it's easy to do. I do the same thing sometimes. You think, oh my goodness, there's no way. How are we going to get through this? How This is attacking us again. How in the world are we going to get through all this kind of stuff? How are we going to have the finances to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to, you know, you, know, you just go on and on and on. Then you hear about what's going on in our country and the rising of food and, and all this kinds of stuff that's happening and all this. And, and we do get fearful. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what if tomorrow uh, the price of milk is going to be $25. I don't know. But I knew, do know that God said that if he can feed the sparrow, if he can provide for an animal that has no soul, he's going to provide for his children. Amen. We might not have steak. We might not have New York strip or something like that. And I'd kid my wife all the time. I said, you better learn how to eat some spam and some potted meat. Amen. I know some of you are already cringe, but hey, I love the stuff. It don't matter to me. But we will not starve, I promise you that. We will not get to the point where we don't have food and, uh, uh, to eat. and we, uh, God will provide it. It might not be what we want, but it will let us survive. I promise you, the Israelites had to get uh, tired of manna. Manna, manna, what's for supper? Manna, what's for breakfast? Manna, what's for lunch? Manna. And they didn't have A1 sauce, Brother Michael. They couldn't, you know, make it taste any different. It was manna all the time. You don't think they didn't get tired, but it provided them what they need to survive. God will, I promise you, if you'll look through the eyes of faith, God will provide us what we need. We just got to be ready to receive what God has for us to receive. Maybe our marriage is really struggling and you can only think the worst about the situation. Maybe you are at a in a financial pickle and we can only think the worst 
about the challenge that we face. That this God whom we say we believe in isn't alive. You know, we think, man, is he even listening to us? Does he see our situation? Sometimes it's like that. Anybody been there? We're in a situation like, man, God, do you even see what I'm going through here? I'm struggling. I'm only human. The weight of the world is on my, it feels like on my, on my shoulders, and I'm, I'm getting down. My knees are getting weak. I'm about to fall over. It's just one thing after another. If one takes a critical view of Elijah as a servant, that's the conclusion at which one arrives. Why is he afraid? Isn't he a believer in God? Doesn't he think God will protect Elijah and him somehow? In some way, we, we're real critical of stuff when it's not happening to us. Amen. When it, when it ain't happening to you, you're really easy to criticize somebody else that's going through something. Oh, all they need is faith. What's wrong with them? They need to be here at the church. They need to be here at the altar. What's wrong until it happens to you? Then he's like, oh, my goodness, my world is coming down. I, I don't know what to do. Well, why don't you take that same advice that you've been critical to somebody else and get your hind end up to an altar, throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I can't do it by myself. i got to give it over to you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Sometimes I wish people would do that before they come to me. It makes my job a whole lot easier. Because I ask them, I say, have you been to an altar? No. Have you took it to God? No. Why are you here before me then? Take it to God first. Get to the altar first. I'll help you pray. We'll walk through it. But do something yourself. Amen. But that's what happens when we only look at the events and situation of life with these eyes. Amen. And it's, like I said, it's easy to do. We all do it. Perhaps it's moving to a new place that kind of messes us up. We see in our, you know, some people move. You know, we, every one of us probably moved in our lifetime uh, 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 sister and brother Burke, they live out in paradise. I kid her all the time. They're out there in paradise, and she sends me pictures all the time trying to make me think she's not in paradise. But, that, you know, people want to move. They want to change locations. People come uh, like a job. You know, you leave one job, you go to the other. You ever have that? It's that awkward first day. You know what I'm talking about? You don't know nobody. You kind of, you know, I know some of you in here could talk to a wall. It wouldn't matter if you went to a new job or not. But that's normal, folks. You know, you walk into a, the first day on the job, you don't know anybody, you don't know where the break room is, because that's usually where I find the first thing I need to find out, where am I, am, am I eating lunch? That's the most important thing to me. And then you don't know where the bathroom is, you don't know nobody, so you can't, you, don't, you feel kind of awkward to ask somebody, hey, sometimes that, that gives us that fear, you know, the fear of the unknown. What's going to happen now? What, what are we going to? What's the next few weeks uh, uh, going to entail you know what, what, what's our church what, what's the next move in our city what, what's people going to think and there's fear that comes upon us but we got to remember God is in control through all this COVID stuff you know the government tried to shut this place down you know and COVID swept a lot of our people got COVID and we thought the worst we thought man we're, we're gonna, our church is going to go down you know, financially, we, we're not going to be able to make it because people are not going to be here to be able to give. And, and, and I, I'm here to stand in front of all of y'all and say, we never missed, missed a beat. Yeah, we had people leave. Uh, we had people had to stay home. We had people quarantine. But then we started doing live feed and people started. And we never missed a beat. You know, God is in control. It don't matter what disease. For, I promise you, COVID is not the last disease that's going to hit this world. Amen. 
The church has got to be ready for anything that happens. And we got to get we got to give God credit. We got to believe that God has a plan. Amen. He's got a plan because he says we win in the end. Amen. But perhaps he wondered as servant of Elijah, why could Elijah see the soldiers of God and I couldn't? Amen. Or perhaps he felt guilty or ashamed because Elijah's faith seemed so much greater than his. Everybody's faith is a little bit different. Amen. Do you ever have thoughts like that? I, I do. Jesus' words to his disciples of old says, you have little faith in Matthew 8 and 26. It's quite appropriate and stings sometimes when, when we look and say, man, look how much faith they have and why can't I have that much faith? And it's kind of embarrassing sometimes to us that we don't want to admit that we don't have the faith of somebody else. Amen. But sometimes when you go through a storm, builds that faith. Lord knows me and my wife's been through storms. It's built our faith. You know, sometimes that storm that you're going through ain't a punishment from God. It's God trying to strengthen your faith in him. He's trying to get you to another level. He's trying to get you to do more for him. You're, you're kind of stagnated because you leveled out. Everybody will level out at some point of your walk with God. It's called a plateau. You plateau. And sometimes you feel like you, you, you don't know what to do. You get angry, you, you're kind of embarrassed. Why can't I go? It's God preparing you for that next step. Amen. We see that too. We see that too in our lives when we're out on the highway and the Lord keeps us safe. See, we're seeing things with our own eyes, but we're not seeing what's going on in the spirit realm. Perhaps it's the Lord would, would uh, enable us to see like he did Elijah and his servant after a car accident when we were and uh, that left us shaking, we could see all kinds of the Lord's angels around us. Yeah, you know, everybody been in a car wreck? I've been in a few. You get up out of that car wreck, your legs are shaking. Either you're mad because somebody done something dumb and, and hit your car, or you're just, adrenaline's going. You're, you're pumped up. Braden had a guy hit him in, in the back this uh, couple of weeks ago, and he was a dead stop at a stop sign. He said, Dad, I looked back through the mirror, and I could see him coming. So I just tensed my body up and put my feet on the brake because I was afraid he was going to bust me into another vehicle in front of me. And, he, and when I got there, you know, I, I was there about a couple seconds after it happened. They just pulled over to the side of the road. And I got out and said, you, you all right? He said, I'm not hurting at all. I feel fine. I, there's nothing wrong with me. But as the day went and that adrenaline start, started to fade away, he started saying, man, my back hurts, my neck hurts, and all that kind of stuff. But your adrenaline's pumping when you have an accident like that and you come out. But it'd be nice if you could see with the, the eyes of the Lord, the angels that he encamped around us when we're driving. Amen. That's why it's so important. I believe that the first of the day, some of the first things you need to do is pray. You need to plead the blood of Jesus on your family. You need to plead the blood of Jesus on your life. That when, when you step out of those, uh, the comfort of your home, that, that God encamps around you those angels of protection. We recognize that when we go to surgery, you know, a lot of us get prayer cloths and all that kind of stuff for, for when you're going under surgery. And you got to remember the great physician is in that room. Amen. He's in that room all the time. Amen. He's, he's helping those doctors. He's looking after you. I wish that somebody in this place would put on the eyes of faith and see what's going on in this church. Let me tell you something. There's angels around this church all the time. 
Amen. I don't care who tries to come again. There's been people trying to shut us down, but there's angels around this church all the time. Amen. I'm going to embarrass the fire out of her, but I, she'll have to forgive me. She loves me. She'll have to. But uh, Sister Rogers comes up here and she marches around this building on the outside, her and her husband. I, I, I told her, I said, I, I miss that. I, I feel that. And, and I, I couldn't tell her exactly or explain to her how I do it, but I'd be sitting in my office, didn't even know they're here, and you could kind of feel that prayer. It wasn't nothing that uh, that's on her that she had this power. But when she was marching, there was angels behind her, I believe. And when she was marching around this building, those angels were marching around that building with her. Amen. We need some people that will march around this place. March around this church and say, devil, you're not taking our church. You're not taking our people. You're not, your your, your uh, ways of havoc is over, but we're going to march. And those angels will march with you. And they'll encamp around you. And encamp around this church and protect this church. If we can only see with the eyes of faith. Some of you probably wig out and run out of this building if you could see what God is really doing in this place. From the moment we walked into the store until that countdown and, and, uh, uh, and we tried that something new this morning, I, I believe it was really good. I felt the Holy Ghost just start moving in this place and, and, and Brother Derek does so well, amen. And these young ministers are, are coming up, I promise you. These young ministers are not gonna backslide. They're not gonna stop. They, they got full speed ahead. They're, they're looking ahead. They're not looking behind them. They're not gonna change the way we preach. They're not gonna change this. Doctrine. They're ready to lead, amen. And we're gonna use them. We're gonna use them. We're gonna pat them on the back. We're gonna say, go, go, go. But I wish we could see with the eyes Christ and see what he's doing, see what he's preparing, seeing what he's about to do in our church and in our community. I promise you that it may look bad in our city with all the people that are uh, drug overdoses and, and, and drugs that's just going crazy and rampant and all that kind of stuff. And we think, man, this is awful. I've never seen our cities like this. There's, there's street walkers everywhere. There, there's people, bums laying everywhere. And, and they're coming in from everywhere. And, and thieves and, and breaking in and shootings and all. And this ain't our little city. I promise you, though, there's angels camped around our city. Amen. That song that says, you know, uh, I may be, uh, how's it go? Uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like there's all kinds of stuff around us, all kinds of negativity around us, but I promise you, it can't step any closer than the ring of angels that's around us right now. I promise you, God's protecting us for this last day. God is raising up a church. He's raising up young people. He's raising up people of faith. Amen. We'll just look, amen, with the eyes of faith and see what God is doing in our churches, in our community, in our family. It may look like it's bad, but we are surrounded by the King of Kings. We're surrounded by his angels, amen. And he will not give up on us, amen. Praise God. We just gotta have that mentality that we're gonna look at a situation the way that God's looking at it. I tell people all the time when people, new people come in, stop looking at them as a sinner. Take on the eyes of Christ of what they're about to become. Amen. They may not look right. They may not smell right. They might not be still doing right. But God sees potential. 
God sees potential in every single person that's in this room and any person that comes through this building. We've got to put on the eyes of Christ. If you look at two different men in the Bible, Abraham and Jonah. Genesis 12, uh, chapter 12 says that God tells Abraham to pack up his house and set on a destination that he will show him. Did you catch that? God tells Abraham, pack up yourself and leave. I'm not going to tell you where to go, but I'll tell you when to stop. Amen. And once again, Abraham does exactly what God says. He packs up his stuff and takes off and waits for God to stop him. But if you look at Jonah, God tells Jonah exactly where he wanted him to go and exactly what he wanted him to do. And he wanted him to preach a message of repentance for forgiveness of sin to the people of Nineveh. Hebrews chapter 11, God commends Abraham for trusting him. And we know what happened to Jonah. He had to spend a little time in the belly of a well. Let us be like Abraham and see, God, I don't care what you tell me to do. I, I got the eyes of Christ. I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll give whatever you tell me to give. I'll, I'll shout if you tell me to shout. I'll run these aisles if you tell me to run these aisles. I'll come up here to church and dig a hole and fill it back up if that's all you want me to do. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. We don't need Jonas. We don't need Jonas that God tries to lay it out in the big boy crayon, I call it. You know, the kindergarten crayons are about that big around. I feel like sometimes I have to write that out to some people. That way they understand it in crayon. Amen. We don't need, we've been in church, most of us have been in church long enough. We don't need God writing in big boy crayons. Amen. All we need to do is say, uh, for, or, for us to do is hear God say go and we say okay. We're packing up. We're doing whatever. I'm not saying packing up and leave this church. Amen. Let's, let's get that straight. Amen. If God tells you to go somewhere, yes, but I'm not saying just, pay, but I'm saying whatever my family's got to do, whatever you tell me to do, God, if it's come up here and, and cut grass or, or vacuum or get on my hands and knees and cut the little things that pops up out of carpet to just make our church look better, I'm going to do whatever. All you've got to do is tell me to go. You need to go pray for somebody. God, tell me who it is. If I'm in a restaurant somewhere, and, and I don't know if any of you have had this happen, it's happened to me before many times, that it felt, man, I need to pray for that somebody, I need to talk to somebody, I, 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 this or that in a restaurant, just go. Don't sit there, because if you sit there for a second, what's going to happen is the devil's going to get in your head and say, well, you don't know this, you don't know that, you, you can't talk good, and all this kind of money, and he, he'll get you down so much that that person will leave, and you're still sitting there. we got to have the eyes of Christ. Everybody needs an opportunity to be in the house of God. Everybody needs an opportunity to make their way to an altar. Everybody in this city needs an opportunity to hear the truth. And how they're going to hear the truth if we keep it to ourselves. We got to start looking at things a different way. We don't change the doctrine. We don't change the message. Just like the preacher said, told us in our, in our uh, leadership training. But we got to change some things how we do things. Not the message, but what we got to do to win them. We got one, we got to get outside these four walls. Amen. They're not just going to line up. God can have that happen, but we got to get out these four walls. We got to knock doors. We got to be, we got to be uh, teaching Bible studies. I got our young men uh, uh, that we have a young minister's class on Sunday nights at six. I got them teaching Bible studies. That's what we got to do. We got to teach Bibles. Brother Flannery, I don't know how to give a Bible study. I'm not good in the Word of God. I, I've never done that. All you got to do is pick up one of these and read it out loud. 
That's all you got to do is read it out loud. You ain't had to, as long as you can read, amen. And if you can't read that good, have them read it out loud themselves and you go along with it. They need Bible studies. They need somebody knocking doors. They need somebody inviting. I'm so glad we're doing a Sunday school contest to get people to start inviting people to the house of God. Why in the world we got to wait for a Sunday school contest to invite people to church? But whatever it takes to get you motivated to do it, we got to start inviting people to the house of God. We got to look at them and say, man, they're dying and going to hell. It's up to me to get them in the house of God. We got to have some momentum. We got to have some th something inside of us that says, I'm not going to stop until I get everybody out. I know into the house of God. Amen. We talk about, I talked about prodigals Wednesday night, those that were here, about prodigals coming. They're coming back. But how are they going to come back if we don't call them on the phone? We don't, we don't say, you know, just say, you know, they left the church, they done this or that. Who cares why they left the church? We just got to get them back in the church. I don't care what they did. We got to get them in the house of God. We got to have the eyes of Christ. We're never outnumbered, folks. We might be a little church here on Granby Road, but when those angels encamp around this place, we're the biggest church in town. Amen. It's because there's power in this place. We are never outnumbered. Don't think that your situation is so big, God can't handle God can do it just like that. If he spoke animals into existence just by saying their name, if he said, let there be light, boom, light. It didn't take a long time. It, it didn't take some uh, 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 comet coming through and some big asteroid exploding. God said, let there be light, and there was light. If you think anything that you have in your life, anything that you faith, God couldn't say it just like that, and it'd be gone. Amen. But we got to have that mindset. We have to have the eyes of Christ to see that God's already working in your situation. What he's trying to get you to do is realize you're, you're, you're a child of the king and, and that he's working and give him praise and glory for what he's doing. Amen. we got to have those eyes. This world needs a church that has the eyes. We need to stop looking at our problem with these natural eyes, start looking through the eyes of faith because we think we, we're outnumbered. In reality, we're never outnumbered. There's always angels that camped around us. So how's your eyesight, I ask today? Can you read that bottom line? Can you read with the eyes of Christ in this place? Do you see just the problem or do you see the problem solver? Do you see the things you're going through and do you think they're too big or do you see a God that's already starting to work? Amen. There's people in this place right now, I said at the beginning of my message, it's got some bad reports from the doctor. Very bad reports. One of them came up to tell me that I said, don't even speak it. Don't even speak it into existence. Because I believe the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great physicians, already started to work. That's the attitude that we need to have. Not the woe is me. I can't believe this has happened to me. I, I, my mama had it. My daddy had it. All this kind of thing. We need to start speaking things into existence and say that we are believe the almighty physician is going to take care of the situation that we're in. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how it looks to everybody else. I don't care if 14 physicians said it's a positive result. God is the final one that's going to say, hey, that's my kid down there. I'm going to 
make a way. I'm already starting to work. And in fact, I'm going to give them a testimony. Amen. The greatest, one of the greatest testimonies I think a person can give is when they look at a doctor that's already said, you got this, 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 or this. We've run this test, this test, this test. All of it came back positive. positive. And the next time you come in, they say, I don't know what happened. But all those positive tests, all those things I've seen in the X-ray, I've been a doctor 40 years and I've never seen nothing like that. I don't know what happened. And that's when you need to say, oh, I do. Amen. My church prayed for me and God came down. And he touched my body. He healed me. He delivered. He took that whatever that you said I had. It is gone. Amen. It's the testimony, the power of our testimony. So we need to start looking at things through God's eyes as we stand across this place today. I pray that this church takes on that, that we stop looking through our own fleshly eyes, these eyes that go bad. The older you get, I had Lasix, and it, you know I have 20-20 vision. Now, I didn't then. I couldn't read, I couldn't tell who these boys were that standing from me at one point, one point in time. But they also told me, even though you had Lasix, the older you get, eventually, uh, Brother Hess, you're going to have to have some eye reading glasses. I said, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll handle that. These old eyes that we have, these fleshly eyes, will go bad, I promise you. But the eyes that we need to be looking through is the eyes of faith, the eyes of Christ, knowing that God is doing something right now. That's why I'm so, I believe so much in, in my spirit that these prodigals, these backsliders are coming back to God because I see it. I see God working. I see him already doing things. I see him stirring in people's spirits right now that, that may flip over on our live feed and, and they don't want to come into the house of God, but they flip. But let that spirit come into their home. Yeah, for us that's used to churches ain't the same when we're at home. But those that haven't been to church in a while, that backslider, and that's the church they turn over to and they start watching. It's everything. Amen. Because I believe the Spirit of God can come through a, a, a TV set or a, or a cell phone or an iPad, wherever that person is, stir. But we got to have the eyes of Christ to say, God is already working. God's already making a way. God's already making a way in that situation right now that they're going to be in the house of God. Praise God. Let's have the eyes of Christ in this place. As we lift up our hands across this auditorium, let's pray right now. God, don't let me see through my fleshly eyes, but let me see just like you showed the servant in Elijah. Let me see what you're doing. Give me a glimpse, God, hallelujah, of the things that's going on in this spirit realm. Let me see the angels that you have kept about us. Hallelujah. We, we gather around this altar right now. Let's pray that. We're not going to be a church that's negative. We're not going to be a church that looks at all the negative things and, and gets woe is me and all that. But we're going to look, amen, through the eyes of Christ that says, if he said it would happen, it's going to happen. If he says we win in the end, we're going to win in the end. It may look bad. It might look dreary right now. But I promise you, God is already starting to work. Hallelujah. Let's gather right now. Let's lift up our hands when we get here. God, show us what you're talking about. I might, it might look like I'm surrounded.
but I'm surrounded by you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me see those things. Let me see those things happen. Hallelujah. As they begin to sing right now, when we lift up our voices and our hands, let's worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.
baptism in the back, so if you'd like to go on the go to the back again, or they may be putting it up on the screen. No, the camera's not working. Well, little James Charlie's getting baptized back there, so let's thank God for that. Amen. James Cunningham, after confessing your faith, the obedience to God's word, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Glory to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. kick you while you're down, but I am going to say that's two in a row for purple. You got two more weeks, guys, two more weeks, two more weeks to come and get us, but you ain't going to. All right, if you're still here, Minnie wrote in, you can come up front and get your prize, Amy Percy, Destiny, uh, Brother Mark. He already left. He's out of here. He ain't getting his prize. Sorry. Um, you. I got you on my list. But I don't see. Rachel wrote and come get you a prize. Come get you a prize. I'm going to get you a prize. 
There ain't a lot of people in here. Even you got purple on today, brother, because you knew you were already defeated. Hallelujah.